Well, hello, and I want to welcome you to the Victory Church Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Horton. I'm here to bring you a short message that's designed to help you become all that God created you to be and to live your life to the fullest. Thank you so much for listening. Let's get into today's message. It is an awesome day to be alive. We're we're living in the times just before Jesus comes back, and boy, I mean, the pressure's on, isn't it? Um, so I hope you're doing well this week, uh, and I just encourage you to keep on keeping on in God. Appreciate you uh, listening to the podcast. Tell your friends about them and let them know, and uh, because we're gonna we're gonna cover some things that will really be helpful uh, today. If we ever needed the power of God, my friends, it is today. And we need the baptism with the Holy Spirit, and we need to walk in the light of the power that comes from the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Jesus told those early disciples, don't dare leave Jerusalem until you have some power on your life. And today, 21 centuries later, we need that same power to confront the powers of darkness that hell is unleashing against the whole world. And we have the words of eternal life. We have the power of God, and we're on the winning team. So I'm talking about uh, praying in the Spirit. It comes with the baptism with the Holy Spirit. And 10 reasons that uh, you should pray in other tongues. It's the will of God for every believer to do that. Before I get there, I want to read the Passion Translation because this aptly describes the pressures that we live in today. Second Timothy 3, 1 through 5, the Passion Translation. But you need to be aware that in the final days, the culture of society will become extremely fierce and difficult for the people of God. People will become self-centered lovers of themselves and obsessed with money. They will boast of great things as they strut around in their arrogant pride and mock all that is right. They will ignore uh, their own families. They will be ungrateful and ungodly. Verse 3, 2 Timothy 3, Passion Translation, they will become addicted to hateful and malicious slander. Slaves to their desires, they'll be ferocious, belligerent haters of what is good and right. Verse 4, with brutal treachery, they will act without restraint, bigoted and wrapped in clouds of their conceit. They will find their delight in the pleasures of this world more than the pleasures of the loving God. Verse 5, they may pretend to have respect for God, but in reality, they want nothing to do with God's power. Stay away from people like these. So, you know, we're in the world, but, you know, as far as befriending people, we don't need to have close friends who are away from God and who want nothing to do with God and His power. So, again, you know, God wants us to love people and love them where they're at at the same time. There needs to be a distinction between us, the culture around us, and people need to desperately see the light in us. So we've been talking about the baptism with the Holy Spirit the ability to pray in other tongues. Mentioned last podcast, I pray in tongues every day. And I want to just want to talk to you a little bit about um, the importance of praying in the Spirit and really what it does for your life. People don't realize that it is a tremendous boost uh, in spiritual life to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then to use that prayer language that God gives with the baptism with the Holy Spirit which is praying in other tongues. Last time I mentioned, number one, it's the will of God for every believer to pray in tongues. It is. He wants you to pray in the Spirit. Pray in tongues. Number two, uh, praying in the Spirit, praying in other tongues, uh, praying in the unknown tongue, all synonymous terms. Number two, it helps unseat the control 
the unrenewed mind exerts over your spiritual life. You know, you can be a mental believer or a spiritual believer. It would behoove us all to become a spiritual believer. That is, let your spirit nature rule you, not just your mentality. Then number three here, this is going to be an exciting topic. I may not get done today. We'll go next time if I don't. Um, number three, praying in the spirit, praying in tongues. It provides a way, listen, for you to pray about things you don't know about. That is just like an incredible uh, ability that God gives with the baptism with the Holy Spirit and the ability to pray in tongues that you can pray about things you don't know about. You can pray about things that are going on now. You can pray about things that are coming in the future. It's just an amazing. I want to give you some pertinent examples of just kind of how this works. Listen, however, first of all, I've got a number of different translations of 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2, which aptly describes uh, what praying in other tongues or praying in the unknown tongue or praying in the Spirit really is. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians 14, 2, uh, two uh, New King James translation says this, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. So let me stop right there. So the question is, is there any value in speaking to God? The obvious answer is yes. So is there any value in speaking in, a, in tongues? Well, the answer is yes. There's huge value because you're talking to God. And then he says, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. And I'm going to read several translations here because that last phrase, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries, um, I just want you to see what other translations uh, render that word, mysteries. Philip's translation says, The man who speaks in a tongue addresses not men, for no one understands a word he says, but God, and only in his spirit is he speaking spiritual secrets. So we're, we're talking to God about things that we don't know about. They're secrets, spiritual secrets. Then um, uh, the CEV version a contemporary English version, verse 2, if you speak languages that others don't know, that's praying in tongues, God will understand what you're saying, though no one else will know what you mean. You will be talking about mysteries that only the Spirit understands. Is there value in doing that? Huge value. Bible in basic English, verse 2, 1 Corinthians 14, for he who makes use of tongues is not talking to men but to God, because no one has the sense of what he is saying, but in the spirit, he is talking secret things. There it is, talking about secret. One translation says spiritual secrets. Um, uh, another translation talk says mysteries. Here it says uh, secret things. Then New Century Version, I will explain why. Those who have the gift of speaking in different languages, that is other tongues, are not speaking to people, they're speaking to God. No one understands them. They are speaking secret things through the Spirit. Um, Weymouth New Testament says this, For he who speaks in an unknown tongue is not speaking to men but God. For no one understands him. Yet in the Spirit he's speaking secret truths. There it is again. Then to Weist translation, Kenneth Weist expanded translation, For the one who is uttering words in a tongue, a language not understood except through an interpreter, is not speaking to men but to God. For no one hears him as to understand what he's saying, and he utters, now I like this, he utters with his human spirit, 
as energized by the Holy Spirit, divine revelations not explained. Let me read that again. He utters with his human spirit as energized by the Holy Spirit, divine revelations not explained. My favorite by far, however, is 1 Corinthians 14, verse 2. For he who speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not to men but to God, for no one understands or catches his meaning because in the Holy Spirit he utters. Here it is, secret truths and hidden things not obvious to the understanding. And that could be anything that has to do with life, now or the future. It's incredible. So here's an ability to pray about things we don't know, and we'll get into it later, Romans 8, 26, 27 reveals, that we're praying the perfect will of God when we're praying in the Spirit or in other tongues. What better way to pray than to pray according to the will of God. And what better way to pray than pray about things that your mind doesn't know about that need to be prayed about. It's incredible. Now, I wanted to go back over now to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. These verses are very insightful as to uh, um, how the Holy Spirit can work in us and reveal things to us. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 7 through 11. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. Verse 8, which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Verse 9, but as it is written, eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. So you know what he's saying, my natural person. My natural human person, my natural human mind, my natural human intellect is not able to grasp and perceive the things that God has prepared for us. It's just the way it is. Verse, but verse 10 is the kicker. Listen, it says, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. What is he revealed? The things that God has prepared for us. That is the things that we're going to be going through. The purposes of God that we're going to fulfill. They are revealed to us through his spirit. Listen, keep, let me keep going. Verse 10. God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. Then verse 11. For who could understand a man's... Um, who could understand, let me go back, start back over. Who? What man knows the things of a man, there it is, except the spirit of man, which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the very spirit of God. I really, really like that. Notice Philip's translation of verse 11 says this, J.B. Phillips' translation, for who could really understand a man's inmost thoughts except the spirit of man himself? Uh, how much less could anyone understand the thoughts of God except the very spirit of God? I really like the way he phrases that. Who could really understand a man's inmost thoughts except the spirit of man himself? God's word translation says it this way, after all, who, um, after all, who knows everything about a person except that person's own spirit? Now, if you, if you relate that back to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2, when we're uttering secret truths 
and hidden things that are not obvious to the understanding. What are you doing? You're talking about things, things about you. Many times, listen, I can show you. You're talking about things about your life, things about your future, or maybe people around you, people in your family, people you know. Or you could be praying for someone you don't know and that doesn't know you, but you're talking about, uh, but you're praying for them in ways they wouldn't know to pray themselves. They're secret truths and hidden things. Your spirit knows things about you that your head doesn't know. When we become perceptive spiritually, we'll know many things that we otherwise would not know. And praying in the Spirit helps us become perceptive to our spiritual nature. Let me give you some examples. Uh, I'll start a long time ago, and then, you know, I'm not sure how far I'll get today. I have so many examples of, of just how praying in the Spirit works and, and what it does. So back in 1984... Um, I made a human error. There was uh, black ice on the road. I was in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I was driving a five-speed Mustang. I, was, uh, I put it into second gear going down a, 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 a hill uh, that was very steep. On one side was a, was a light pole. The other side was a drop-off. And for some reason, the county had not put guardrails up on the other side. And I put it into second gear. I didn't realize there was black ice on the road because you couldn't see it. But it was, uh, I mean, the temperatures had gotten really, really cold, sometimes below zero. And uh, this particular morning, it was below freezing. And uh, anyway, I put it into second gear. And I lost control of my, my vehicle. I mean, uh, it's just like it didn't have a steering wheel. And it was going round and round and round in a circle as I proceeded down the hill as I saw the light pole on the left and the drop-off on the right, I didn't know how far the drop-off was. So, so all I knew was, all I knew to do, and, and it was automatic. I, I didn't think about what I was doing because it was a crisis moment. I said, in the name of Jesus, just screamed it out. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> and uh, just, when, when I got to the bottom of the hill, no kidding, my car was careening backwards uh, to the right where the drop-off was. And no kidding, I measured it later. Six uh, six inches before, um, before the drop off, my, my car suddenly stopped, and uh, I had depressed the clutch. I had put the brakes on. Suddenly, it just lurched to an immediate stop, and the angle, the trajectory was you could feel it leaning left, as if it was ready to go down into wherever I was going. And uh, I could not believe it. I just hollered out in the name of Jesus. Well, um, I opened the car door. It just careened out. <clears throat> excuse me, and uh, and I looked down, and it was really a 20-foot drop-off. I found out later a man-made 20-foot drop-off with a man-made uh, bottom, and there was a little bit of water in a creek. And uh, so I, I, um, I had gloves on my hands. It was very cold outside. I had a hat on my head. Walked around the car, and my car door, I didn't try to shut it. I was afraid that I would move the car, and it would just tumble down that ravine. So I walked around the side of the car uh, with the door open, to the car. I didn't want to shake it again. I looked over at the passenger side. I didn't have my keys. I couldn't get in my house. My keys were still in the car and the passenger side door was locked. So I went back around the car to retrieve my keys. When I reached in uh, to, to get my keys, my feet slipped and I fell 20 feet down. Kaboom. Hit the bottom of that ravine, cement made bomb. I thought I broke my I really thought I broke my hip and um, uh, actually blacked out, hit my head, and uh, later found out I broke my wrist. Uh, but when I came to, water was kind of flowing across my head. I wasn't underwater, but it was very cold. I got up, and I saw the car above me, 
and I was just so concerned. I was so concerned that um, I was so concerned that that somebody that the car would 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 move and and fall down on me. So I immediately got up, and that's when I thought I broke my hip, and I actually climbed up the ravine. I don't know how I did it. It was adrenaline pushing me, and um, it was a terrible time. Uh, and I got up. I held on to some. I held on to some small saplings, got up the hill, and somebody took me home. And uh, later, my, my wrist got to throbbing, and I went to the city of faith. My wife took me there, and I found out I had actually broken my wrist. But I mean, my, my, uh, one of my hips was actually black and blue from being, being uh, uh, bruised. So um, I got back from all the activities of the hospital. I called my mother. The reason I said this, listen, called my mother and said, well, just want to let you know that... Uh, had an accident, told her what happened. It was a human error. I fell. But but the worst thing did not happen, which my car did not careen down this ravine. I mean, I could have been there, and uh, nobody knew I was there. It was just terrible. So uh, here's what she said to me. And, uh, you know, she prayed in the Spirit a lot and all that. And she said, all she said was, Mitch, Mitch. I said, what? She said, oh, I, I, I've been praying for you for several days, and all I could say was, in the, and she said, I cried it out, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, when she prayed for me. And she didn't know why she was praying. She was praying in the Spirit. And all she could say in English was, in the name of Jesus. And I said, well, Mom, that's all I could say as I was careening down that hill. My mother's prayers, I believe, potentially saved my life. She was praying in the Spirit, only uttering in English, in the name of Jesus. That's what I said going down the hill. So I'm convinced she was praying about that situation when she was crying out in English in the name of Jesus and in between praying in the Spirit. There is power. So sometimes when you're praying in the Spirit, you're not praying for you, you're praying for other people and something that may or may not be happening to them. Here's another example in 1989, for instance. Susan and I were living in a small town in South Carolina and we were looking to buy a house. Somebody actually had given us the money to put uh, a down payment on a house. I had spent all my savings in starting a church in a small town in 1988, 1989, May of 89. God put it on my heart uh, to buy a house, and God and somebody graciously gave us enough money that would have been the down payment on a house. So we began to look around at houses, and as I prayed, and as we looked around at houses near in, in the town or a, a, uh, that, we li that we lived in where we had the church, and then there was another town nine miles away, we looked there, and we just couldn't get settled. And inside of me, it seemed as though the Holy Spirit, as I prayed in the Spirit, was prompting me to go to my hometown, which was a little over 30 miles away, and it just seemed outlandish for me to do that. But as I prayed in the Spirit, I had this real sense inside that I should look for a house to buy in my hometown, even though it was 30 miles from my church. So we went there, and you know what? We found a house that would work at the time. We had three children, and uh, we needed a good-sized home, and uh, we didn't have a lot of money because uh, that's just the way it was. And uh, But, you know, uh, bottom line was I found a house, and uh, it was a really nice house. It had two living areas and two baths and, you know, three bedrooms, all that. Uh, and, uh, you know, it was a fixer-upper, actually. And uh, as I prayed, as I prayed in the Spirit, God gave me a price to ask for that house, which was a low-ball price. And I thought, crazy, really? You want me to ask this low price for this house? And I had a sense I should. So make a long story short, I told the realtor, ma'am, 
do you um, are you required by law to, to tell the owner of the home um, what I what I want to ask? She said, yes, by law, yes. So I said, well, I want to ask this price for this house. She said, there's no re- even a reason for me to go to these people. They will never accept that. I said, aren't you? Well, I want you to do it. Just tell them this is what I will offer for the house. She said, well, okay, all right. Because I was had been praying in the Spirit, and this figure, now listen, this figure to ask for the house. I was thinking about how, the house as I was praying in the spirit, and then this this amount of money to ask for the house kept rising up from inside of me. And and I'd never had that happen before. What I'm trying to show you is is natural things and spiritual things that could be those secret truths and hidden things that you're praying about. Well, uh, she came to me the next day and said, Mr. Horton, I said, yes, she said, she said, well, just like I told you, I told the owners of the home what you had mentioned as to price last night. And they said, absolutely not, no way. But listen to this. This morning, they called me back back and said, we will accept the offer. She was flabbergasted. And I was excited because the Holy Spirit gave me the price to ask for that house. It was well within my means at the time. And I wasn't making a lot of money. But you know what? We bought the house. We fixed up the house. It was a quote-unquote fixer-upper for sure. It took me three years to do it while I started at church. But, you know, God blessed us. We sold the house, bought a much nicer house with uh, instead of three, four bedrooms because we had another child. Uh, we had our fourth child. So, anyway, I just shared that because I want you to see that you're, you're talking about things both natural and spiritual. Sometimes when you're praying in other tongues, it's not just about spiritual things. It's about life, and you're praying about your Life. So uh, just be aware of that. 1995, I'll give you, see how far I can get today. Every hour on the hour in, I think it was like uh, August or September of 19, I want to say September of 1995, we had our early morning prayer at our first building when I first came here in 1994. Here it is, the fall of 1995. And and we had a six o'clock to seven o'clock prayer meeting and I would get up at 5 o'clock and then go to church to be there at 6 to lead our early morning prayer for an hour. So, um, But this unusual Monday night, and that was on Tuesdays, this unusual Monday night, every hour on the hour, I woke up. I mean, on, on, the, on the nose. I mean, we had a clock by my bed. I would wake up, and it was as though I had never been asleep. Here it is. I woke up at 1 o'clock. The clock said 100. It was the digital clock. And one o'clock on the nose. And it was like I'd never been asleep. I said, Lord, why am I awake? And I prayed in the spirit and prayed myself back to sleep. And so at two o'clock, two zero zero, the clock said, woke up again just like at one o'clock and the same experience. It was as though I had, it was as though I had never been asleep. I felt that way. I prayed in the spirit and, um, and went back to sleep. Three o'clock the same way, right on the nose. Woke up just as though I'd not been asleep. Prayed again. Prayed in the spirit. Four o'clock the exact same way. It's so unusual. I've never had an experience before nor since. Four o'clock right on the nose. Woke up. Prayed again. Prayed in the spirit. And then five o'clock on the nose. I woke up and I just got said, well, I just will get up now and go, go lead the prayer meeting. So I, I got to church on the way back. Y'all, on the way back from the prayer meeting, uh, I stopped at a two-way stop, and short story is I hit a car. I went into the intersection, and there was a brand-new Cadillac Sedan DeVille, 
and with a lady driving it. All I know is the first time I saw her, she had hit the front of my vehicle, and she was airborne, and she was looking back to see what hit her, and she had a cup of coffee in her hand, trying to keep that coffee from spilling. Well, it spilled everywhere. She hit a fence and totaled that vehicle. But you know what? Had, had, had it been off by just a second, both of us could have been deeply injured. Instead, neither one of us had a scratch on us, but it did damage both of our cars. I'm convinced that those hours that I woke up every hour on the hour, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock, and I prayed in the Spirit. See, what was I doing? Speaking secret truths and hidden things that are not obvious to the understanding. And you know what? Both of us, were, our lives were spared. We were not injured. Now, you know, thank God for insurance. We, she probably had to get a new car, and me, I had to have mine repaired. But the bottom of the line of that was uh, we were okay. I'm convinced that the praying uh, caused that uh, wreck not to be the disaster that perhaps the enemy intended it to be. So, again, I just want you to un understand that uttering secret truths and hidden things that are not obvious to the understanding is an excellent way to pray. Praying in the Spirit, I'm telling you, it gets the job done when nothing else can. I have so many other, other illustrations of this. When we come back next time, I want to continue this subject, and I want to encourage you, start praying in the Spirit. If you're not baptized with the Holy Spirit, go get my, my last podcast from last Thursday, I think, and, uh, and, and listen to it at the very end. <clears throat> I actually lead whoever wants to be led in a prayer to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If you're not baptized with the Holy Spirit and you're a believer, you can be. You can speak with other tongues. If you've been baptized with the Holy Spirit, my encouragement, now's the time to start every day. Start praying in the Spirit. I started out very slow, very short, just a couple of minutes, three or four, five minutes a day. But, you know, keep working on it and up, up the period of time. And, uh, you know, then, you, then I finally got to where I could play, pray 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes in the Spirit or in other tongues. And I'd also play, pray in English some. And now I've been doing this for many years. I try at least to pray an hour in the Spirit before I leave my house. Now, nothing in the Bible says you have to do, have to do that. But I know now the benefits of praying in the Spirit. You're praying about things that your mind doesn't know to pray about. You're praying about present things or future things, or you're praying about dangers that could, could potentially come. And, I'm, and you're praying about natural things and spiritual things that, that the Lord may want you to be involved in, and just the wisdom. You're praying, and often the wisdom comes with, with how, to, how to make decisions and what choices to make. So my encouragement, take some time every day to pray in the Spirit. We're living in such a precarious time with so many challenges and pressures on every level that we need the wisdom of God. We don't need just human wisdom. And we don't just need wisdom from our friends. It's good to have it. But we need wisdom from heaven. And we need heaven backing us as we, uh, as we move forward every day. So my encouragement, take some time every day to pray in other tongues. You'll be glad you did. When I come back next time, I'll give you some other, some, uh, have quite a few illustrations of of just how praying in the Spirit works, what it does for you. Um, and I've had some tremendous things happen. You know, when you have these kind of things happen, you realize there is a God in heaven. He does answer prayer. He does love us. The Holy Spirit is a real person, and He knows everything about us, and He can direct us 
as we go into our future. So, Lord, I pray, let there be a fire, a yearning, a desire instilled in every person listening to this podcast. Lord, to stir themselves up, to stir themselves up spiritually, uh, to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, and to exercise that wonderful uh, communing gift of praying in the Spirit, praying in other tongues, speaking secret truths and hidden things that are not obvious to the understanding. Thank you for your direction and help and care that you give our lives in Jesus' name. I look forward to talking to you next time. God bless you, my friend. Thanks for listening to the Victory Church Weekly Podcast. I hope you're able to get something out of the message today. Before you leave, please make sure uh, that you subscribe and leave a review on whatever platform that you're listening from. Doing this goes a long way in helping us reach a wider audience. Lastly, If you want to reach out with questions, concerns, prayer requests, or comments about today's content, you can email me at pastor at victorychurchraleigh.com. I would love to hear from you. Now go out there and be all that God created you to be today. God bless you.